Welcome to the Psychic Podcast with Sedona, Arizona's most gifted psychic, Narup. Learn more about yourself so you can do more for yourself. And now your host, Narup. This is Narup with PsychicPodcast.com. And welcome to today's podcast. Hello, I'm Narup and I'm here today with Kathy. Good afternoon. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about one of the other Claire's, Clara Cognizance. Clara Cognizance means clear knowing or receiving information from divine source, uh, divine guidance, God's source. This is information that flows to us about a situation for ourselves or for others. And it comes to us without thinking, without using the analytical mind. Wonderful. That is a great description. So then it sounds like you could use this for problem solving? Yes, definitely. Uh, Sometimes we might be thinking of a problem and we'll just get busy doing something else and all of a sudden that information will come to us. And it feels like a knowingness, like we just know. Uh, Can you give us some examples of how you have used this in work with your clients? Yeah, sure. So one of the ways that I work with it it can be when a client is asking a question or an example. I had a client the other day and she was asking about her children and she wanted to know how to best support them through uh, a divorce she was going through and, you know, what they needed, what was going on with them to best help them to deal with the situation. So in myself tuning into the children and getting information from divine source on their emotions, their thoughts, uh, how their mother could best support them by her uh, opening up to them or some of the information she need to share with them so they could feel comfortable what her and her ex-husband needed to do. Uh, in order to keep the family in harmony and balance as to not upset the children too much or affect them. This information was presented to me in the way of hearing it and seeing and feeling all on those same levels, but it was more like a knowing, the strongest piece was knowing. Like when I'm bringing that information through, I'm seeing it come through, I'm knowing it as if from my other part of my mind, my higher mind, and then I'm just passing it on and expressing it as I'm feeling and seeing it come through. It sounds like when you are expressing these ideas, you're not editing them. That's correct. When I'm in that space, I am not bringing in my analytical mind. I'm just receiving it as if it's being told to me from higher source, and I'm just the conduit or the messenger, you could say, of bringing that information through. That is a great explanation. Uh, So it sounds like that this type of claircognizance is a very firm, very steady, very sure kind of a knowing, not just an inkling, but an absolute assurance that you're getting the right information. Right. And as a psychic, because I've been a psychic for so many years and reading day in and day out for years, I've learned to trust it. So a big piece is trusting what you get. It's also connected to that intuitiveness we get. So sometimes we get those intuitive knowings where we just know something. That's still that claircognizance. But if we haven't 
really mastered it or it doesn't come in that often, that's when the analytical mind will come in and second guess. But as a professional psychic, because I'm in this space a lot in reading uh, and aligned to that space from my higher self, uh, my higher mind, then when that information comes through and I prepare myself to receive it, uh, I trust that it just what's coming through is what's needing to come through without censoring it at all. Terrific explanation. Did you have experiences like this prior to taking training at the Osho Institute? Yeah, sure. I did uh, a number of them over the years. And uh, one I like to share, and that is that when I was on my journey traveling around the world, I was in Bali. And I was actually on my way to the airport to change my flight early to go to Greece. And I met this woman on a bus, and uh, she said, there's this great beach. Have you been there? I said, no, I hadn't been there yet. She said, oh, you should stay for a few more days. I said, okay, sure. It was just like this knowing. Okay, sure. And um, But by the end of three days, and because of her, and she had been talking about India, I just knew and heard I had to go to India. It was like no question about it, no thought, I'm going to India. And I'm going to this place where she had recommended and I just knew that I had to be there. It was so strong. And it was interesting because she had told me, well, you know, it'll probably take you about two months to get your visa to go to India and, you know, for everything to align. And, uh, but the amazing thing was, is I had left Bali and gotten to Singapore and I went to the consulate uh, that day and the next day I picked up my visa. It was like that oh fast. <laughs> I was meant to be there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it was just this knowing that I had to go and this knowing once I got to India that I belong here. You know, it was so strong that I felt like I had come home. And it was very interesting for me because India, you know, I felt like I had many lifetimes there and I was very connected to the people. I had the knack to play the tabla, the drum, and oh, oh, wow. to do kirtan dances, and I, I just felt like I had come back home, and this was my place where I was meant to be living, and it was a love affair with India. And so, you know, listening to that higher knowing and that information from higher source and trusting it, you know, changed my life. So a lot of times when there's very important things that we need to do and to experience, we'll get that claircognizance. Interesting. Have you experienced that in your life? Actually, I have on a number of different occasions without knowing there was an actual term for it. Uh, there were several different instances in my life where I was simply felt like I was guided to do a particular thing. And then when I did it, even though I was rather surprised, it turned out that I was in exactly the right place where I needed to be to help somebody else. So uh, one experience that relates to this is that a number of years ago, I was asked to go be on the adult staff of a camp in the middle of the country, and I lived in California at the time. As I was preparing for the journey, I went to Walmart and picked up a few bottles of Gatorade and felt very strongly I was supposed to get more Gatorade. Well, it's only my daughter and me in the car. How much Gatorade can we drink? I started to move away from the Gatorade art aisle and it came so strongly go back get more Gatorade well I had learned don't argue went back got more Gatorade 
The next day we were driving through Arizona and found a family that was suffering from heat stroke. We had enough Gatorade for the parents and the scat of children they had with them and were able to stabilize the dad before the paramedics got there. Uh, the paramedics, one of them afterwards, after the crisis was averted, came over to me and said, I understand you're the woman who brought the Gatorade. And I said, yes. And he said, I want to tell you, it was serious. It was 126 degrees out here. We would have lost him had you not been here with the Gatorade right at that moment. So thank you. And I thought, well, okay, now I know I was buying so much Gatorade. It wasn't for us. Mm -hmm. It was for someone else. And it was just that clear cognizance, that knowingness that you received that information. I just need to buy the Gatorade. Exactly. Right. No thinking about it. No questions <laughs> asked. Just go to the aisle and get the Gatorade. <laughs> and now you can leave. <laughs> right. So, yes, it's a wonderful event when it happens because it's so clear and it's so sure and you have no equivocation whatsoever that this is what you're supposed to do this is the way walkie in it you know <laughs> and so I've relished those opportunities when I've been given a message that clearly wonderful you know and also people use that in the way of their work like they may receive insights and impressions about how to work on a project. Like it's not, uh, they're not thinking about it. It's not analytical. It's just that, oh, I got this message. It has to go like this. Like if you think about Bill Gates and in working with the computer and developing Microsoft, he just got those clear cognizant messages of how to make things, how to bring it together. What were the steps that he needed? And he just followed that clear cognizance. Absolutely. Writers do this all the time. They might write something, leave it alone. The next morning they wake up and, oh, there's an idea. I need to put that in there. I wrote a humor article a long time ago, about 15 years ago, about my grandmother and great aunts sitting on a park bench that had just been painted. Luckily, the paint didn't get on the ladies but it was soft enough that they left an impression in the paint. Towards the beginning of the article I had talked about uh, this event had occurred in Laguna Beach, which is an art colony, and I had used the phrasing something along the lines of Laguna Beach is an art colony with uh, artists who range from abstract to impressionist. Well, the next morning after writing this article it suddenly hit me I needed to tie that back in to the indentations in the paint and so I added a last uh, sentence right below that that said um, in later years I found out that what my great aunts and grandmother left in the paint was not exactly what they referred to as an impressionist painting and the editor thought it was so hilarious she published the article <laughs> oh, wonderful <laughs> so it was that clear cognizance waking up in the morning having that sentence in my head and putting it into the article that I think actually sold it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Listening to our clear cognizance, you know, our higher knowing, um, can really support us in our life. And one thing is learning how to develop that more. How do you listen to that voice? How do you distinguish between that thinking part and that knowing part? 
And well, I mean, one of the ways is we need to quiet our thoughts, quiet our mind. And um, the more you work on that, like in your daily life of just being able to come into that place of quietness and sometimes breathing and, you know, centering yourself, I would say, uh, sometimes like breath work, um, yoga breathing, uh, qigong, and those kind of things create that space for you to notice the difference of what isn't your thoughts and what is coming in directly. And of course, you know, a big part of the claircognizance is that at times it can just shock you because it comes in without any pathway to it. You know, there's not a line from here to there, it's just there. That That's the big piece, you know. Where did that just come from? <laughs> exactly. And so you would be able to teach someone these techniques or improve uh, their latent talents? Yes, definitely. That's a lot of work that I do through my inner knower process and my awakening the other you, which is refining our higher subtle senses that we all have on a more physical gross sense, like hearing, seeing, feeling, and knowing. And those other clairs we've talked about at other times. And so this is the claircognizance is one more part of that in being able to do that. And I would imagine that you'd be able to talk with clients either in person or by telephone or maybe even Skype. I'm teaching people in many different ways, different modalities of being able to do that. It's always great, though, if you can, you know, have an opportunity to come to Sedona and immerse yourself in a program because it's uh, like a fast track when mm -hmm. you're there from morning to night for three days everything keeps building upon itself and you get the confidence to know that oh gee something is happening here I am getting something you know it's a little more difficult out in the world where you're working all day long or taking care of family and things and then you're trying to learn this an hour here an hour there because the whole idea is how do we develop that sensitivity more and how do we stay in that long enough so we start to have experiences that makes perfect sense. Well, I'm grateful that you offer these different ways of training. And the fact that you do have a three-day class on this, I think, would be an absolutely wonderful experience to sharpen the skill set that you have. Mm -hmm. Yes. And some people come to Sedona, and they may do private work with me for a couple hours to a day or even the two days, three days. Um, because I also have the Awakening the Other You, the training which is one of the courses that is three days that I've created for the purpose of home study. And uh, so they may take that along with coming to see me or sometimes they take the course first, they purchase it and then they come to Sedona when they want to work <laughs> more on things. And um, so that allows them to work at their own pace and to practice all the exercises because it's very experiential in that way. But, um, you know, coming to the source absolutely, <laughs> and receiving some guidance can really help. Yeah. You know, a couple of things, though, that people can do, and that is to, you know, look at taking something like Qigong or doing some light yoga breathing to quiet the mind. Um, so they can start to feel what that space feels like to not always have the mind going. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a little technique that's like an, an audio file. It's like 10 minutes long, and it's how to... Uh, get out of the analytical mind, how to tap into your energy body, uh, you know, and your uh, consciousness and bringing that there as well as being in the physical body. And it just gives you that experience, that quiet mind of what it is to be beyond the thinking part of us. 
we're not used to being able to do that and we can't just tell our mind stop thinking because that's yeah. you know the <laughs> analytical mind but uh, we can do the simple little process where we can actually start to experience our own energy and with our awareness to experience that space it's easier than we ever thought I, my clients are very surprised when they come in and I'll guide them through that process to go well how do you feel and they're like oh my mind's quiet oh I just feel present I just feel peaceful it's like we're not used to that space <laughs> <laughs> well we're inundated with mm -hmm. the needs of career the needs of family and mm -hmm. friends and projects we're working on whether we're you know, helping a friend with a GoFundMe campaign or mm -hmm. helping out at the homeless shelter. We're constantly busy and we've got all these different people dragging us in different directions. So being able to learn from you how to center and how to be serene in the middle of the tsunami, I think would be a marvelous thing to learn if you learn nothing else in Sedona. Right. And um, I have that posted on my site, psychicpodcast.com. And so it's there for anybody who wants to practice it. It's called energy crystallization. And they call it energy crystallization because it's about crystallizing who we are on the physical level, the energy level, and the awareness level. Interesting. And, yeah. And so I have that posted on my website, psychicpodcast.com, along with all my other great podcasts and other information for my listeners to uh, visit and see how I can best support them in their lives. I appreciate you sharing these wonderful ideas. Well, thank you for joining me, Kathy, today, and I hope all my listeners have learned a little more about the Clares, and I look forward to our next podcast together. Many blessings. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast show and invite you to subscribe and share with your family and friends. The Psychic Podcast with Naruto.